This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Congratulations on getting through your 9 to 5. Thank you so much for listening. It is The Drive on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. My name is Carrington Harrison. Very happy to be here with you. Rob is here as well, taking you up until 6 o'clock. This is what we're going to do. Going to give you some of my thoughts on the game. We'll play Patrick Mahomes, and then I'll give you the rest of my thoughts on the game. That is how the next hour of this show is going to go. We talked to Patrick Mahomes earlier today. We will play that full conversation for you coming up in about 10 minutes. This is my biggest takeaway from yesterday's game. I am disappointed in the Chiefs in this regard. I think over the course of the last, I don't know, let's say calendar year, I think we as people that follow this team, Chiefs fan, Chiefs kingdom, however you want to phrase it, have told other fan bases to deal with it when it comes to the officiating. The Chiefs have been on the right end of a couple of, quote, questionable calls. And the message from Kansas City and its fan bases have been, stop blaming officials, play better. The Chiefs were on the right end of a call in the AFC Championship game. Patrick Mahomes is a little bit out of bound, but it's moving fast. A push happens. The officials have the ability to pick the flag up. They could have let the players decide. They threw the flag. They made the right and correct call, in my opinion. Chiefs kick the field goal. Chiefs go to the Super Bowl. Burrowhead. You guys know how that story ended. Followed up a couple weeks later in the Super Bowl against the Philadelphia Eagles. Fourth quarter, 125 million people watching. They call a penalty on James Bradbury, on Juju Smith-Schuster. Deal with it. Suck it up. Stop blaming officials. You had a chance to beat the Chiefs. You missed it. Ha, ha, ha. Chiefs were making memes about it. You guys remember. I stood with you guys and said my message was deal with it. You shouldn't have held. You shouldn't have committed the penalty. You shouldn't have committed the infraction. That's a you problem, not an us problem. What is disappointing to me about the Chiefs and watching how they carried themselves at the end of the game was... The Chiefs, to me, seem mad that the shoe was on the other foot. And it ain't no fun when the rabbit got the gun. You have been on the right end of 50-50 calls. But the thing about 50-50 calls is 50% of the time, it's in your favor. 50% of the time, it goes against you. I don't deny that the officials probably could have handled the end of that game a little bit better. And maybe the official could have looked at Kadarius Tony, saw him on there, tell him to get back, give you a warning. The officials probably could have done a little bit more in this spot. 
And if you're frustrated about the inconsistency with NFL officiating, join the club. We talk about that on this show all the time. The officiating in the NFL is not good. It's not consistent. There's a lot of gray area, and it, to me, waters down what is an incredible product at times. But we all know that going into it. Sometimes the calls are in your favor. Sometimes it's not in your favor. We have told the other teams to handle it with class. We have told the other teams to suck it up and deal with it. I don't think the Chiefs did a very good job at dealing with it yesterday. And that came from your Hall of Fame coach and your Hall of Fame quarterback. Your quarterback, in some ways, had a meltdown yesterday. Mitch Holtis might want to call it a boil over. Whatever term you want to use, he was mad yesterday. And it wasn't just the throwing the helmet on the sideline. I don't really care about that. He was aggressively charging an official yesterday, was yelling at the official. After the game and the post-game hug with Josh Allen, he's still mad about it. He's walking off the field still mad about it. Andy Reid, in the post-game press conference, he called it embarrassing for the National Football League. At no point of any of the conversation that I heard yesterday, did they at least acknowledge that it is a penalty? We're not even talking about a play to me that is subjective. We're talking about clear as day, obvious. You can show it to somebody that doesn't play football and, hey, what's wrong about where the Chiefs are lined up? Oh, he's way ahead of all the other guys. To me, that's not even a 50-50 call. All of this conversation that we have had, and I've been participating, I don't make it seem like I'm not part of this too, that we have had, have been about a penalty that all of us think is a penalty. That to me, the Chiefs came off as a team yesterday. They got mad because for one of the times, the calls wasn't in their favor. And a lot of times the calls are going to be in your favor because you're playing good football, because you're a winning team. But right now, things are a little bit down for the Chiefs. They have not played very good the last six weeks or so. Since the bye week, normally when the Chiefs turn it on, they play with a little different energy and enthusiasm. The same problems continue to exist. It's like wearing Groundhog's Day. Everything that I've said about this team last week or the game against the Broncos, I feel the exact same way. Penalties, turnovers, inopportune times. Lack of attention to detail. I'm not going to tell you anything that you don't know about the Chiefs. They have the most penalized player in the National Football League. He cost them again yesterday. Kadarius Toney, who cost them the Lions game, also cost them the game yesterday against the Buffalo Bills. And if they're not careful, he will cost them another game in the future. It's the same conversation that we've had time and time again. What makes this game different and makes this loss different was their response to all of it. And it was unbecoming yesterday. Point blank period. It was unbecoming yesterday. And for a team that has, quote, done it the right way for the most part, it was very uncharacteristic. And like I said, it came off to me like a team that everything was good when the stuff was going your way. When the holding call was against James Bradbury, when the push happened against Patrick Mahomes, when other penalties have happened, we have all been fine here in Kansas City. Now the coin is flipped. The tide has turned, and now you are on the wrong end of a couple of these calls. You were on the wrong end last week when it came to MVS. You were on the wrong end of it yesterday when it came to Kadarius Tony. 
We have not seen a team in the National Football League respond to a missed call or poor call quite like the Chiefs did yesterday or go after the officials in the post-game press conference the way that the Chiefs did yesterday in their post-game reaction. Here's what Andy Reid had to say. I've been in the league a long time, and uh, I haven't had one like that. So not where, not where, at least for that kind of a position there, that it's not uh, given a heads up to. That was the first time that an Andy Reid team has ever been called for offensive offsides. But more than anything to me, that was an example of some of the core problems that exist. I'm really curious to see where the Chiefs go from here. This is one of the lowest points during the Patrick Mahomes era with how they've played. They don't have the division wrapped up. They're one game up on Denver. Denver right now is playing better football than the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm not saying they're a better team than Kansas City, but if you look at the last six weeks, Denver has been playing better than Kansas City has been playing. They have been playing their best football down the stretch and improving and starting to figure things out. The Chiefs are not doing that right now. This is one of those, we got to come together and we got to do it for us. We got to do it for the 53 guys in this locker room and some of the things that we have done wrong, we have to take more pride in correcting them. I'm still on the same side. If this team can figure out the turnover differential and cut down on some of the careless penalties, they can be right where they need to be. If you watched the NFL yesterday, there's no way you can feel like the Chiefs are completely out of it with what you saw in the AFC. Baltimore is a team that you're afraid of. You already beat Miami. You already beat Jacksonville. Like we keep saying the same thing. Hey, if this team can get its act together. Hey, if this team can figure it out. They got a month left in the regular season. And with the way that they're playing, they're five weeks away from their first postseason game. Five weeks away. Are they going to be able to come together? Are they going to be able to figure this thing out? Are they going to be able to clean up some of the mistakes that we have seen them make over the course of the season? Aside from the penalty, one of the biggest reasons why they lost yesterday is their offense isn't nearly explosive enough. Like, I keep hearing people say, well, this is the same offense minus Juju Smith-Schuster. Okay, where do big plays in this offense come from? I'm talking about a down the field. If you were a defensive coordinator, what are you worried about the Chiefs doing? Like, you're not really worried about Travis Kelsey running past you. I would say with how they use Rasheed Rice, also not really that worried about that. So teams have taken away the big, over-the-top, down-the-field play, and they are forcing your receivers to run the right route to also be able to make plays. And you don't have guys that can consistently do that. Their problem on offense continues to be an explosiveness problem. Rob, it's not a run the football or lack. It is a, they just didn't have enough firepower yesterday. You had two good NFL skill position players. And you're trying to beat one of the five best defenses in the National Football League. You have Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey. You didn't run the ball incredibly well yesterday. I don't know who did think you were going to run it incredibly well when you don't have Isaiah Pacheco and you don't have another viable wide receiver option outside of Rasheed Rice. So where is the offense going to come from? Where are the points going to come from? This offense just lacks playmakers. They don't have a lot of them. 
So if you don't have the playmakers or the explosiveness, you can't compound that with the mistakes that they also make. And when you get a big and explosive play the way that they did yesterday with Travis Kelsey and Kadarius Toney, you can't be the reason that it comes off the board. It's not like Buffalo did anything to stop it. You did something to stop that play yesterday. You continue to have a turnover in the red zone. First offensive possession of the game. Chiefs moving the ball, playing with great momentum. You're thinking they're about to put points on the board. No interception going the other way. This organization, this team has repeatedly shot itself in the foot over the course of the season. And now it's you are staring down the barrel of being the three or the four seed in the playoffs. And also not playing your best football. Remember how Todd Haley used to always talk about how the season was broken up into quarters. You got one quarter left. You got four weeks of regular season games left. And again, you're five weeks away from your first postseason game. You got to start playing with some momentum. You got to start figuring some of these things out, or it is going to be a very, very short stay in the postseason. As always, on Mondays, we are joined by the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. Hit it, Rob. He has one of the most impressive resumes on planet Earth. Two-time MVP. Slings it to McKinnon at the 40, to the 30, to the 20, to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown! Batman loves this stadium. Underhanded shovel for a 56-yard touchdown. Touchdown. Two-time Super Bowl champ. Mahomes in the pocket. Floats a pass near side. Kelsey over the shoulder. He's got the catch. He's got the touchdown. Kansas City. A beautifully thrown ball. As Mahomes to Kelsey. And the only place in the world where he does an interview weekly is right here on The Drive with CDOT. It's not something that I would say I'm a Waffle House guy, but it definitely we made our appearance at Waffle House uh, a couple of times. 310 means one thing. One thing. Here's Patrick Mahomes. Earlier today, we had the opportunity to be joined by the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. Our first question to the quarterback was, now that you've had 24 hours, now that you've had time to settle down a little bit and think about yesterday, where's your mind state? Where are you at? That's everything that happened yesterday. Here's our conversation with the quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, man, it was a tough loss yesterday. Um, But, I mean, all you can do in this league is kind of move on. So, uh, I've already uh, watched the film, uh, try to learn from our mistakes in the game, uh, and then now we're going to try to do whatever we can to find a way to to beat a New England team that's – playing good football right now so uh, you kind of have to just kind of keep moving forward in this league if you want to try to get back on track you mentioned watching the film what was your biggest takeaway when you watched it yeah I mean I mean we did a lot of great things man I mean obviously didn't start the game offensively how we wanted to with the interceptions um but uh the guys played hard um I thought for the most part guys did a good job of uh going out there and, and making plays happen um we just came up short man um and uh we got to continue to continue to get better and better, and uh, obviously the, the race the AFC West has gotten tighter. So uh, we got to continue to do whatever we can to try to string together some wins, and uh, so start with the great week of practice this week. Right now, we're talking to the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick, let's go through the play. Obviously, at the center of everything, take us through the play. Yeah, no, uh, it was a, a pretty a cool play design uh, where we got Travis free, um, and then he uh, he made a, a big time catch, and then obviously a big time throw. Uh, obviously, uh, didn't it didn't end up in our favor uh, with the flag, um, but uh, I, I was proud of how the guys fought, man. Um, and to the very end, guys fought, um, and uh, we just kept a little bit short. How much of that play is improv, where Travis just makes the decision to lateral it, or was that part of the play design for him to do that? 
No, it was a hundred percent improv, man. Um, that's just a, a great player making a great play in a in a, in a big time moment. Um, it, I mean, just to have the 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 know the have the knowledge of your surroundings and know that that guy's wide open across the field and um, getting getting the football to him and, and trying to make a play for the team. I mean, it was a uh, it was it truly was a really cool play and uh, uh, things that it didn't count, but uh, it shows the type of player that he is. You mentioned greatness in your post-game press conference. How many players in the league do you think even have the IQ to make that play in that spot, given all of the scenarios? Yeah, I mean, there's not many, man. Um, not many, uh, I don't think, all time be able to think the, the lateral ball, throw the ball across the field. Um, and, uh, and within under two minutes in a, in a big-time football game um, against a good team. Um, so, I mean, it's just – He's a, he's a legendary player, man. I mean, he, he does a lot of great things. He has the confidence to do it. He knows the field. And it's like he's playing at a different speed than everybody else does. Slow, down, t- slow it down and uh, make that decision in that moment. Patrick, can you take us through what Tony's responsibility in that play? Is he supposed to check with the center? Is he supposed to look at you? Is he supposed to look at the sideline? Like, in that spot, what is the wide receiver's responsibility on that play? Yeah, I mean, in most in most uh, instances, um, they, they usually just point to the ref and – um, they the ref gives them they're good or they're not good, and uh, then you kind of move keep moving on. I mean, you just gotta know who's on and off the ball. Um, but uh, yeah, man. Um, I, I guess I don't know. I didn't. I, don't, I haven't talked to him, so I don't know for sure if he pointed or not or whatever. That all that stuff's going on. I just know uh, that we got called offside for it. So I mean, it's uh, it, it happens, man. It's the NFL. Um, stuff like that happens. You got to move on. Um, not every season's gonna be the same. You're not always gonna have success and you got to learn how to get better from it and uh still, still got four games left and we got to do whatever we can to try to fight to, to win the division and uh get into the playoffs you mentioned going back and watching the film have you seen the video of you on the sideline have you got a chance to go back and watch that uh, i've seen a little bit of it i uh, try to stay away from it a little a little bit i mean it's uh yeah i mean obviously you don't want to react that way i just i mean i care man i love it i love i love this game i love my teammates and i want to go out there and put everything on the line to win um but uh obviously can't can't do that i mean can't be that way towards officials or really anybody in in life um so i probably regret acting like that um but more than anything i mean i I regretted the way i I acted towards uh josh after the game because he had nothing, nothing to do with it and um, so I, I was, uh, I, I was still hot and emotional, um, but you can't do that, man. It's not a great example, uh, and, uh, for, for kids watching the game. So, uh, that, that, I was more upset about that than I was about me on the sideline. Yeah, I thought so too, because I think there was some conversation that your frustration on the sideline was potentially directed at anybody on your team. I never thought that for a second. You could just kind of tell by your demeanor. You were just mad at the situation, mad at the call, and obviously mad that that was a big play that aided in you guys losing the game. Yeah, 100%, man. I, I just um, – it's tough when you, you play a hard-fought game um, and, and the game uh, comes down comes down to stuff like that. I mean, either way, man. Um, but it's uh, part of it, man. It's part of the game. Um, you, now you just learn from it and try to be better from it, be better as a person and uh, be better as a player. So it's uh, um, something that I'll learn from in my career um, and try to be better the next time the situation arises. Right now we're talking to Patrick Mahomes, quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, for a few minutes. When you go back and watch, are you surprised at how mad you've gotten? Because I think a lot of people, it was just, I don't want to use the term out of character, but normally you are just more composed in that moment than you were in those 30, 45 seconds. Are you surprised that you got that upset in that moment? Um, No, no, not really. I mean, uh, it was a big play in the game, um, and uh, obviously – 
got negated um, because of a, a, a foul. Um, so I mean, it's uh, I just I, I I didn't I didn't have a great explanation for it. Obviously, I'm not seeing the view from the sideline or anything like that. Um, and I didn't even really know. I heard the call, but from where I was, you couldn't even tell what really happened. And I was trying to get an explanation and didn't really get one. So um, obviously, uh, I've seen it seen it now and. Um, if, if he didn't, if he if he didn't check and they, they weren't they weren't good, I guess I mean it is a foul. It's just something that you just don't you rarely see called in the in, in the NFL. And so, um, but it was a foul. So I mean it's uh it's part of, it's part of playing the game, man. You just learn from it. And part of being a person, man. You learn learn from your mistakes and try to be better the next time. I want to give you a stat here that you mentioned that it rarely gets called in the NFL. The stat was on SportsCenter yesterday. Andy Reid as a head coach. He has been a part of 25,172 offensive plays. That is the first time that an Andy Reid coach team has ever been called for offensive offside. So you say it never gets called. It literally never gets called for Andy Reid's teams. Yeah, no, it's a, I mean, you, you emphasize that stuff in training camp and OTAs and stuff like that. I mean, you just try to make sure you're on and off the ball. And, and when you motion, you're not moving forward or there's no sudden movements. I mean, it's just stuff that uh, you have to you have to focus on. I mean, your whole entire life. Um, but uh, obviously, in a big moment, it came up and arise as a problem for us. And uh, we just got to make sure that we we go back to the fundamentals and, and try to make sure that we're good at those, so that that stuff doesn't happen. What's next? I guess related to this, are you expecting a fine? Are you expecting a call from the commissioner? Are you expecting this to just kind of blow over like stories? Like, what are you expecting to come from this? Um, I mean, honestly, I don't know. I mean, I know usually when you're when you're t- you talk about referees, that's not not a good thing. Um, or if you're saying stuff towards referees, and that's why I usually stay away from it. Um, because I know their job is hard, and 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 they're they're trying to go out there and do the best they can as well. Um, but uh, whatever happens, happens, man. It's, I, you have to accept the consequences of your actions. Um, and that's something that I've always stood by. And um i obviously didn't act in the way that i I usually act and and if there's consequences that come from it then i have to accept those this feels like a fork in the road for the team and kind of like fight or flight scenario what are you expecting to come from this just as a group based off what happened yesterday obviously the stretch of football that you guys have played and knowing that you got a month left in the regular season yeah i mean you hope that guys respond i mean uh, obviously we haven't had a a good stretch of football these last uh five six games um and uh we have to uh See how we respond, man. I mean, I, I, all I'll say is I think the guys have played hard the entire time, and now it's about just trying to find a way to execute at a higher level. And I know it's hard to keep saying that week after week, um, but if we want to take that next step and um, try to get some momentum um, going into the hopefully the playoffs, um, you got to you got to execute at a higher level, and that includes myself. And I feel like guys are start, the fight's there, and I know the guys are gonna lay it all on the line and. I'm excited to just see how we respond um, and uh, go into this week and try to have a great week of practice. You mentioned it a couple times. Are you worried about you guys winning the division? It feels like that's been a foregone conclusion over the course of your career. Denver is only one game back. Are you at all worried about not winning the AFC West? I mean, all, I mean, all you can do is take a week at a time. Um, that's always our first goal is to win the AFC West, and then and then uh, then then you work on everything else after that. And the Denver's playing good football, and they're a game back now, and. All we can do is focus on the Patriots this week. Um, if we focus on week after week and, and um, we try to go out there and be the best that we can and try to just win the football games that are in front of us, uh, all the rest of that will handle itself. Last question here, Patrick. How much of the offensive struggles do you think are attributed to the fact that you guys changed offensive coordinators and you don't have that continuity that you have? You guys have done a really good job with having the same staff over the last couple of years. 
other opportunities pop up and you guys have had some changes. How much of the struggles do you think are that lack of continuity with changing offensive coordinators and changing staff? Um, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's much. I mean, um, we have a lot of the same coaches that have been in the building for a long time. Obviously, we lost some some great coaches in some other places that went to get new opportunities. But uh, all, all the a lot of these coaches have been in the building for a long time, and Coach Reed has kind of done this where he's had changeover in the coaching staff, and he's had changeover in teams, and he's been able to to have success. I mean, it's just we just we haven't been executing and playing at a high enough level um, in order to have that consistent success week in and week out, and. Um, all, all, all we can do is just be better this week, um, and I'm, I'm excited for the, the challenge of it. Um, we're playing a really good defense, um, and so it'll be a great challenge for us as offense to go out there and execute at a high level. That is the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, joining us on the show today to talk about yesterday's game against the Buffalo Bills. Patrick, appreciate your time as always, man. Thanks so much for hopping on with us today. Yeah, appreciate you. You just heard the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, and his thoughts on yesterday's game. We can take your phone calls coming up on the other side, 913-586-7610. We have talked a lot about the quarterback. The coach has to be on the hot seat in this discussion as well. We'll talk about it. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. You're listening to The Drive with CDOT. The voice of Chiefs Kingdom, Mitch Holtis, joins the show every Monday starting at 4 o'clock. Travis Kelsey's on his own planet. When you look at it empirically... This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Kansas City, it's Brett Veach. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. We all have roles at our job. I believe that Steve Spagnuolo is doing his role. He is a defensive coordinator. We don't think that he has any input on who they're drafting. That's input. He doesn't have final say on who they're drafting. 
He's not making decisions for the offense. That side of the ball, it's all on him. I think we all understand that. The offense, that's Andy's thing. I'm not saying that Matt Nagy doesn't have a part in it. He certainly does. But Andy is the constant. This offense has been struggling. This offense has been lacking for the entirety of the season. We haven't seen the improvement the way that I think we should be seeing. Who do you blame for that? I'm not putting all that on the wide receiver coach, Connor Embry. You wouldn't be able to identify Connor Embry if he sat by you at a restaurant. I'm not putting this on Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy was fired from his last job. This is an Andy Reid thing. When you look around the NFL and you see the offenses that are improving, look at what you're seeing from the Broncos. Now, I understand their starting point was substantially lower than the Chiefs. But you want to know what that Broncos team has done, what that offense has done? We've seen them get a little bit better each week. You're seeing a head coach who is getting the absolute most out of his quarterback and out of his offense. They revitalized Cortland Sutton over the last five, six weeks or so. They revitalized Russell Wilson over the last month or so of the season. The Broncos look like a viable offense. I'm not seeing a whole lot of that with Kansas City. The offense that they put out there week one against the Lions feels like the exact same offense that was out there yesterday against the Buffalo Bills. That's a coaching thing. The lack of attention to detail. I heard everyone say in the very beginning of the season how unfair the officiating was towards Jawan Taylor and that they were picking on Jawan Taylor. We were saying this week two against Jacksonville. I haven't seen that problem really correct itself. Wasn't Andy a former offensive lineman? Wasn't Andy an offensive line coach before he started to move up? How has that problem not been fixed? Juwan Taylor has more penalties than any player in the National Football League. There's only two players in the league that have double-digit penalties. One of them is your brand spanking new right tackle, Juwan Taylor. He has more holds than anybody. He has more false starts than anybody. He's second in yards. And the only reason he's second in yards is because first is a defensive back. You can really give up a lot of yards in that scenario. The Chiefs got a lot of problems. But one of their problems is their coaching staff is not making the most out of their offense and the pieces that they have. This is Andy's offense. This is Andy's baby. You drafted Clyde Everett-Hilaire. Coming out of college, we thought he was a do-everything kind of back. People were comparing him to Brian Westbrook. I didn't see a whole lot of that yesterday. This is your offense, your parts. This is the quarterback of your dreams. This offense has not grown over the course of this season. That's a coaching thing. The attention to detail, the penalties, the turnovers, the mistakes, the mental mistakes. Yesterday, that's coaching. That's disappointing. That's on Andy Reid. Andy Reid is incredible. He is one of the five greatest coaches that we have ever seen. But he has not gotten the most out of this roster. And we all looked for the bye week. All right. They won this game against the Miami Dolphins. Everybody can woosah. Everybody go enjoy your time. Travis, you go to Argentina. You come back. Everybody clear with a clear mind. We're coming back ready to work. This is the exact same team post-bye that it was pre-bye. The exact same team. Nothing changed. 
Andy teams used to have a benefit when they had that extra time, that extra week or so to prepare. What seems different to you about this offense? Where's the wrinkle? Where's the getting Jarek McKinnon involved? Who have they developed at wide receiver? Some of that is on Brett Veach for sure. Some of that has to be on the coach, does it not? Some of that has to be. You guys know my criticisms toward Brett Veach, and you haven't given him enough parts, and I continue to maintain that. Some of this has to be on Andy Reid, that some of the attention to detail, some of the week-by-week mistakes, they've gotten sloppy in a lot of areas, and this team just doesn't, this team doesn't have the ability to do that. You know that we all used to know an athlete. There were some athletes that had to stay afterwards and put that extra work in. And then there were some athletes that could just wake up, roll out of bed, and go score 50 on you. We've all been around those people. There are some people that are, they're going to get an A on that test. There are some of you that study really, really hard in school, but you just never figured out science. You did your best you could, but you know what? Your best was a C+. We saw the Chiefs for a long time be one of those organizations and one of those teams that could just wake up and it was going to work out. This is when you really got to you really gotta hone in on what you do well and you got to really focus in on what you do poorly and trying to eliminate as many of those things as possible. But the flaws that the Chiefs had in week seven, those are still flaws that they have right now heading into week 15 of the NFL season. That's inexcusable for a team that has the veteran coaching staff that they have, they have multiple head coaches on their staff. Matt Nagy was a head coach. Steve Spagnola was a head coach in this league. Andy Reid was a head coach in this league. You got too much veteran experience for us to feel like they have stalled out in a lot of ways. I also think to what you're saying, whether phantom or not, it's why Andy Reid's comments on the mental airs is starting to ring hollow, at least with fans. I don't think it's ringing hollow inside that building. I don't think Brett Veach needs to do anything drastic. I don't feel that way. But every week on the text line, even when they win, fans are frustrated by what Andy is saying. He's not doing anything. Where's the accountability, this, that, and the other. How many times have we heard the cut? Yeah, we'll get that cleaned up. Well, we'll get that taken care of. You know, we, we'll, once we get those little things done, we're good. We're good. You know, it is little things, you know, little errors. Yeah, we're, you know, that's, that's a coaching point. Things like that have been said from the podium at one arrowhead drive for now 13 games. That has been the conversation point. It's a little thing. We'll get it cleaned up. That's a coaching point, whatever. And we are 13 games and it's the same airs week after week after week. It is ringing hollow with fans. that you keep telling us we'll clean it up. That's a coaching point. At some point we need to see the accountability. We need to see the differences you're doing. We need to see it. Snap counts aren't really showing it. Your press conferences aren't really saying it. Fans are starting to get a little frustrated because it seems like the same problems keep arising in every loss. And you keep telling us if you're Andy Reed, that's a coaching thing. That's a mental error. We'll get that cleaned up. Where is the cleaning process? Text line 913-586-7610. CDOT, what do you want them to say? At this point, I'm past the talking. I'm past the talking. This is your team. This is your offense. I believe that Andy Reid is the best offensive mind in the National Football League. I believe he is the best offensive mind in the league that we have seen since Bill Walsh. That's how talented I think that Andy Reid is. He is a no-doubter, first-ballot, Hall of Fame head coach. Who do you think they're getting the most out of offensively? Have they developed? I'm looking at Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. 
We thought for four years they were using Clyde Edwards-Hilaire incorrectly. I then look at their wide receiver room. It's not like this team, to me, needs four or five of these guys to figure out. Sky Moore, disappointment. MVS, disappointment. Richie James, disappointment. You're not getting the most out of anybody other than Rasheed Rice in that room. That entire room has been disappointing. Some of it is a Jimmy's and Joe's, and I don't think that you got enough talent. But we saw an offense with Andy Reid back in Philadelphia that they made it work with pieces like this. We saw him make it work with Todd Pinkston, James Thrash, Freddie Mitchell. I mean, we've seen Andy Reid make it work with these kind of guys. This offense, they are not making it work. They have scored less than 21 points in over half of their games. How do you do that with that offensive mind and that quarterback and with the investment that you spent on the offensive line? Nobody's saying you got to score 30 points, but this team can't consistently score 24 points. With all the advantages that you have, we shouldn't be talking about the Chiefs have the same record as the Cleveland Browns right now. Cleveland. Cleveland, who has had Deshaun Watson, Joe Flacco, Dorian Thomas Robinson, and P.J. Walker. They have played four different quarterbacks, and they have scored more points in Kansas City and have the exact same record. Something has gone wrong offensively for this team. We got two Monday night football games today, and we had a basketball game on Saturday. I mean, it was all right. I mean, it was okay. I mean, it was all right. I mean, I guess. We'll talk about it. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. You're listening to The Drive. Catch insider Nate Taylor with Cody and Gold every Tuesday at 1 o'clock on your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to The Drive. Now CDOT's got one extra point. I had the privilege of going to Allen Fieldhouse on Saturday. I had a great time in Lawrence. They got a cool little antique shop in the middle of Mass Street. I bought an old school Polaroid camera from there. Rob always makes fun of me because I love the burger bar. Great burger, by the way. I got the smoke burger. Phenomenal burger. Stopped in another place, got something to drink. I mean, I wore my Tigers colors proudly. I had a Tiger crew neck on, and I had a Tiger jacket. I'm wearing it deep in Mass Street and daring anybody to say anything about it. I was proud. I'm walking around seeing other Mizzou fans. I'm yelling, M-I-Z, I want you to know who I'm here for. Got a great deal on tickets. Walked in the arena. Now, I was sitting by a great group of people because I was definitely cheering for Missouri. And at one point, Rob, a guy next to me was like, it's only been four minutes. And I looked at him. I said, did you not see the ass whooping we got last year? Let me be happy. I know you guys are going to win, but let me enjoy this for the last little 15, 20 minutes, however long it's going to last. I know they're not going to win. You know they're not going to win. Let me have a little bit of fun here before you have your fun. The run started. I could feel it. Missouri was up 15 to 6. They also were the first to get to 22. I could feel it. I was like, hey, you know what? Can we be up heading into halftime? I would consider that an overwhelming success. It was about 4.50. I think Missouri was up one. Dennis Gates called a timeout. It was an unusual timeout to call right before the media timeout. But he knew what I knew. The onslaught was coming. I looked at my buddy. I said, Chris, Katie's about to go on a run. 
gentleman to my right, he was like, yeah, I think you're right. And I was like, I can feel it. I was like, I told him, I was like, I've watched a lot of Kansas basketball. I know what's about to happen. And I'm telling you, for the next five minutes, it was like the Monstars took Missouri's powers away. Sean East, air ball. Nick Honor, air ball. Connor Vanover, he forgets that he's 7'5". It was a disastrous five minutes. Missouri, they were down 14 heading into the halftime break. I'm going to be real with you guys. I couldn't sit there and listen to the Thomas Robinson. I love Thomas Robinson. He's actually my favorite KU player. I would say him one, Devontae Graham two. I don't got that many, but I always appreciated Thomas Robinson's game. But I didn't want to sit there. He's thanking you guys. They showed the block 17 times over the course of the day. I didn't want to be a part of that. I took two laps around Allen Fieldhouse. Two. Just walked, just walked in two circles. Just got my steps. I came back. It was, it was three minutes left into the that, you know, that's enough. That's enough. I didn't even see it. I was fine. Now my energy, it wasn't, it wasn't the same energy in the second half. I can be real. I just wanted them to compete. I wanted them to play hard. I got that. To wrap this story up, I'm proud of the effort that Missouri gave. They got beat 92 to 65 last year. The time before in Allen, they scored 102 points. Chris Tien got in the game. You never want to give 100 points in college. Something went wrong. They didn't look like a Division I basketball team the last time they were at Allen Fieldhouse. I'm happy. I'm proud of the effort. And if Missouri can play like that consistently, they got a chance to make the NCAA tournament. They really do. They got a chance to make the NCAA tournament. I don't know if this team has enough firepower to make the NCAA tournament. And this is a transition year for a top five recruiting class. And they got another top 25 kid that's about to commit on Wednesday. So the, the future is looking bright for Dennis Gates. But sometimes you got to take a step back to take a step forward. And that's what this season could possibly be for the Missouri Tigers. I'm proud of the way that my squad competed. And I want to let every single KU fan know, next season, we're coming for you. You got to go back to Columbia, baby. You got to go back into the Tigers' den. And let me tell you, you're getting bit next year. Missouri's winning one of these games in this little rivalry. I know they got three more left. They got one in Columbia and they got two at Sprint Center. They're winning one of these games. I don't know which one, but they win in one of these next three against Kansas. I'm tired of losing to them. I'm sick of losing to them. If they don't get an on-campus one, though, that's got to burn no, they're getting, you up. They get the one at Sprint Center. <laughs> they're getting that one. That's the one they're getting. People on the text line were, or people on Twitter making fun of me about where my seats were. And I was thinking, how much money do you think I was spending for a game my team has no chance to win? I was I was happy with those row 21s that I got the deal on. I was thrilled. I wasn't spending much more to watch my team get a guaranteed L. Absolutely not. I appreciate you guys. Back again tomorrow. Take care of yourself. It's the drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on and podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.